0: The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give.
1: I'm Kim Commando, America's Digital Goddess, and you're listening to the Secrets of Technology podcast. Enjoy.
0: You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And join me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hey, Father Andrew. Hello there. And Pat Scott. Hey, Pat. Greetings. Uh, folks, I wanted to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Doctor Who. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Dr. Who. So before we get started into our main topic today, I've got a little bit of follow up from our friend Matthew Clark, who joined us last time. He's the farmer from Missouri who talked to us about uh, agricultural technology and how he uses tech in his uh, business as a farmer. And he sent a link to this article from a website called agweb.com. And it talks about how farmers were at CES in the uh, John Deere booth. CES is the consumer electronics show that's every year in Las Vegas. And it's it's the biggest gathering. This, well, that's going to be our main topic today. But it's the biggest gathering of electronics companies, consumer electronics companies. Everybody's got a thing to sell to, to anybody, basically, that has electronics in it. And uh, so CES brought real-life farmers to Las Vegas, and good for them, that sounds like being a nice perk, and uh, (laughs) showed off the new uh, farm equipment, like the new automated high-tech tractors and other devices that they've got coming to assist. And I really love love this idea. We need, as a society, I think, this is one of the things that came up last time, we need to know more about how our food is produced, who's producing it, what tech they're using, what the needs they are. I think it's it for something so fundamental to the way we live, fundamental to living. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it behooves us to know more about the, this industry. Father Andrew, your family is in agriculture too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah we uh, uh, we raise uh, beef cattle, so black awesome. Angus. Nice. The mm-hmm. meat the meat doesn't just magically appear in the grocery stores. It starts on our <laughs> <laughs> on our fields and goes from there but yeah
0: you don't walk out to the field and pick up a shrink rack package of <laughs> meat that is <disappears>. sirloin <laughs> not exactly no that's awesome that's great yeah uh I, all props to farmers and ranchers out there i you know I have high respect it's a it's a wonderful one of the oldest of all professions as i mentioned last time
2: mm-hmm. so and it, tech has definitely made it a lot easier yeah I mean, even my dad who's he he jumps on board with new tech for, for the most part. And yeah. even in the tractors, it's crazy how how more advanced they are now than they were when I was a kid growing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I keep saying I want to take a trip out west with my family sometime, and I definitely want to swing by. The family ranch, oh, yeah. and just say you hi. Are, you are more than welcome <laughs> to. I know, I heard My it. dad
2: would love to show you the ranch and all the, <laughs> all it, how it works. Oh, I'd be
0: that, that crazy Easterner yeah. who comes out and hangs out at the ranch, <laughs> put on my cowboy hat and my boots. That's and, right. Uh, and that whole thing. Awesome. That is cool. All right, let's get in before I can geek out more about ranching. Uh, <laughs> let's get into our discussion of CES. And so we're going to talk about some of the big things that happen to CES, the possibilities, the the that's what CES is about. It's less about the individual products; it's more about the possibilities of the future that it shows us. Uh, the The trends. Remember, a few years ago, the big trend at CES was 3D television. You had all these, you know, the special active glasses, passive glasses. That was going to be the next big thing. Didn't mm. actually happen, but no, it it showed you what the industry wanted to do. You know, and so. Looking at what CES is doing often will tell you where things are kind of going in the next few years with technology. So one of the big things at CES this year was something called Matter. It's a new smart home standard that allows devices from different companies from all across the spectrum to work together to um, interoperate. And I was trying to find a good analogy for what it is. It's like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. So when you buy a a, a laptop from Apple or you have, you know, Wi-Fi routers, or they all just work together because they have a standard called Wi-Fi. know, Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 5, you know, that sort of stuff like that. Um it used to be 802.11. But those are standards and because they, all the devices follow a standard, they work together from different manufacturers. Well, until now, smart home devices have been kind of loosey-goosey. This is HomeKit, that's Google, that's Amazon. And they might work across different spectrums, but they, they didn't in, work together well. And that's the promise of matter, which is brand new. So there's not a whole lot of products out there just yet. But this CES was the one where you, they started to show actual things that are coming.
2: Perhaps a good analogy here would be is a bunch of people speaking different languages can't hardly, they can't work together very well. And matter matter seems to be that common language that they're all going to speak so they can work together.
1: It's the lingua franca. Yeah. I was excited to see where they were talking about that some of the products that are out there now can have software changes that would make them compatible with matter. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, that sounded really good as opposed to, oh, I got to go get all new hardware.
0: Right. The A lot of the hubs that are out there now, uh, so like uh, Homepo- Apple HomePods are hubs, Google Nest hubs, the uh, Echo devices, a lot of the newer ones, like I've got some old Echoes, so those probably won't work. But all of my Apple stuff will be matter compatible to just push up an update. Uh, Akara hubs, that sort of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. And... You know, just set up will be so much easier. Setting up smart home devices can be such a pain, <laughs> you know, getting them to recognize it, getting them to access the Wi-Fi and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The, 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 there's this um, promise of that they, that that'll all get easier. So um,
2: yeah. wasn't there something else in that article? that was talking about they're not going to need to connect to the cloud either. They'll be able to work on your local network. And right. so there, there's a the, it'll be it'll work easier and more smoothly and won't need to always go out to the cloud and bounce back.
0: Right. That they'll have to program to program them to do that. But yes, the one of the aspects of the matter uh, uh, profile is you can have a local hub control all the different devices. So as it is now, if your Internet goes out, you can't turn your lights off. <laughs> you know, <it's> right. Like, <laughs> Well, that's no good. Uh, So, uh, you know, my wife has gotten mad at me more than once when the power goes out, the power comes on and we have to wait for the Internet to come back before we can turn all the lights off that came out in the middle of the night, you know. So um, so, yes, it'll be nice to to kind of move forward. This is the idea is it's going to move smart homes forward to be more like the promise, the Jetsons promise. You know, we always talk about us old folk talk about the Jetsons as that's the thing we want to have the house be like. And so there's some really cool things. One of them is a company called Acara, which I've, it's going to be a pick of the week for me, several of their devices over the next few months. I've got some, some picks I want to share. They're a low cost Chinese uh, company. I think, you know, their their products are made, well, everyone's made in China, but I think they're like just a rebranded Chinese product. But, uh, they have a new uh, presence sensor that works with matter, which it's not just a motion sensor, but it uses a bunch of different metrics to say, even though no one's moving around, say sitting very still at their desk typing, there's still someone there and I won't turn the lights off on them. Good, which is what I had to I, like. I had a motion detector in my office to turn the lights <laughs> off when I left. And like every once in a while, the lights would turn off on me. I'm like, I'm still here, and, and then, then I'm waving my arms arm. like a madman. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so matter is uh is interesting. And of course, all the, the new products that are they're coming along with that. So that's going to be. I think the matter was probably the big thing. As far as other interesting products, for me, one that I saw that looked really interesting is a new laptop from Lenovo called the Yoga Book 9i. So this new laptop from Lenovo is, what's cool about it is it's got dual screens, not side by side, but stacked, one on top of the other. So it kind of folds out. And you can even kind of fold it back underneath, and the that top screen that you fold underneath can become the trackpad. So it's a screen that has the trackpad on it. And I I don't know if this would be useful to work on. You know what I mean? I'm not sure this is practical.
2: Uh, <laughs> it looks fun. It does. But well, I it, think I would only use it for fun. I Yeah. They I mean they, they do have a keyboard with it and that you can you can and it'll even magnetically connect to the you're, if you have that that uh, touch screen as a yeah flat surface, you can put the keyboard on top of it right um i I, I still don't think I could you I couldn't write a paper on just a touchpad.
0: I don't think it's a practical thing necessarily, uh, like a product at the moment. I mean, I love screen space.
2: I'm not sure if vertical screen space is what I'm looking for, like horizontal. So I thought it was interesting when I was watching that video, what what attracted me to it was we've definitely gone widescreen with everything, with movies and with everything. And I would never go back. I think widescreen. I don't know. I'm just it just feels right. But what appealed to me about it was all the scrolling. (laughs) So like when you when you open a news article, often like with my smaller screen laptop, like the the top third is a banner ad. Yep. And that bugs me to no end. So, like, to have two screens stacked on top of each other, I would have a lot more text that I would read right away, which maybe that's a small thing, but I, 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 that appealed to me.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, it frustrates me when I'm on a laptop to like it's a huge cookie thing at the bottom, right, and a huge banner at the top, and, the, <laughs> and it's like this <laughs> tiny little. It's almost like a Tandy 100 screen of text yep. in the middle,
2: <laughs> and then that annoying little video that pops up that you can't figure out where the X button is to close it when yes. you're trying to just read
0: a news
1: article. <laughs>
2: so
0: yeah, having all that vertical space, I think it, it you know it would be good for that. Um, but I just love that they're doing different things. Like mm-hmm. we've we've had this laptop form factor for so long the you know f- it flips open with the hinge in the back its screen on top keyboard on the bottom and i'd like to see and, you know the ipad was a step away from that you sort of i mean the ipad is kind of a laptop but mm-hmm. i like the idea of of seeing what we can do else that lenovo has here so i, I think it's kind of cool so um oh. another thing that i saw was this lg is was one of the first ones, but I think there were a couple at CES that are going for wireless TV. So um, this one has a power cable. There were some that are battery Mm -hmm. powered. Uh, There was this one from this small company that uses vacuum suction to hold it to the wall and it's battery powered. So if the batteries run out, (laughs) does your very expensive TV (laughs) come falling off the wall? (laughs) <laughs>
2: that so whole that whole thing just made me nervous Why? because they, they, <laughs> the video shows them attaching it to a to a glass window yes and it, it I mean it looked beautiful but it was I would be so terrified it would it would fall off yes. and th- <laughs> I think three thousand dollars down the drain if it if it you know cracked
0: I mean it warns you uh, the power's getting low power's getting low but like what if you've gone out your yeah. honey do you remember if we left the TV uh, on the wall? <laughs> it's the you know, it's the twenty second twenty first century version of the have we left the iron plugged in or the oven on? Uh, but the LG one does have power and it attaches the mm-hmm. wall in the conventional sense. But it's beaming all of the signal. All so it's got an extra box that you, you know it's got the HDMI ports and everything else is being beamed. They said the latency like for gaming isn't bad and some stuff like that. So kind of interesting Uh,
2: i yeah i I think it's i think it's fascinating i i don't i think it's i think it's more uh helpful cosmetically than it is practically yeah because it it looks nice to have just the tv there and have a box kind of you know kind of put away in the corner and just beam it to the tv but i i would suspect for the average person i know myself um i don't mind a single Cable of 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 you know you kind of cover it up, put it in a cable box or whatever, and it looks it looks right. pretty nice. I would much rather have that than a wireless thing with potential latent latency issues because they they said there shouldn't be any, but there's always going to be something.
0: It's always it's radio. There's always radio interference at some point yeah. or another. Well, and you think about it, if you've got to run a power power to that location, you can run a cable, uh, an audio visual right. cable to that ca- location too. So. You know, it's not like you can't put the the box in the in the closet or something anyway. You know what I mean? It's and mm-hmm. run a cable surreptitiously to it. But you know, uh, I I like that they're doing something a little interesting and different.
2: It would it would clean up your your um your your entertainment system right there by the TV. Yeah. You wouldn't need to have the Xbox and the the the, the, right. the Blu Ray player all just right there in front of the TV. You could kind yeah. of put it off to the side. But that's true. But I don't know if practically, like, <laughs> you kind of <laughs> having those in front of the TV doesn't really bother me or below the TV doesn't bother me. Right. So.
0: I mean, their TV is mounted over the fireplace, you know, over the mantle. But people do that now and they just run a cable, like, yep. maybe in the wall or along the mantle to another place. And this maybe would be like one less cable or something.
2: I don't know. But
0: yeah, I, I, I think Yeah,
2: I think what fascinated me most about it was it was a 97 inch (laughs) TV. I don't know if I've ever seen one that big before in my life.
0: Well, they have these. It's OLED with quantum dots. I'm not even sure what this means, but (laughs) I I think it's it's, it means it's holodeck. You know, we're gonna have like it's gonna be like (laughs) looking through a window. You know, soon. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I still have I think a 37 inch, 40 inch TV. It's hard to buy one that small. (laughs) <laughs> these days yeah. it's, it's it's actually hard to find. Like I'm not sure I could fit a bigger TV in my in my where I have this TV. But um yeah, but you know, I I'm an old man, so I remember the the days when that was a giant <laughs> TV.
2: Oh I remember those two.
0: <laughs> so uh the other big uh field at CES was health tech. And the one everyone was talking about was from Withings called the U Scan. The U does not stand for the pronoun U <laughs> or, the, or the U. It stands for urine. So it sounds weird and gross and, and silly, but it's actually kind of interesting. It's a urine sensor you put in the toilet. And when you use the toilet, it analyzes the chemical composition. The, basically the same thing you do when you go to your checkup with your doctor and they, yeah. they, they have you pee in a cup. And it will keep track of the various things in your body, which is kind of interesting, like especially if you have diabetes or some other diseases that um, I know like with diabetes, they want to keep track of liver function. And that's why they did they, they, like my doctor has me do that every so often. That's TMI. Sorry, but um, <laughs> you know, that's just but being able to keep track of that on an ongoing basis. This is the interesting thing. Health quantified health is a really interesting area now, like where we have the smartwatches tracking our heart rate and tracking our blood ox and doing all these things. We're able to track our health and health factors on a regular basis much more. And I, I don't know, this is one of the things they said was it can actually distinguish between different
1: people in a household,
0: which kind of fast. That sounds strange. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also make pregnancy tests a lot quicker.
0: Well, I was going to say it can, <laughs> it can do fertility tracking too, which is another huh. aspect of it. So maybe, uh, for like NFP, it would be, uh, the, you know, possible to use a tool like this to, to do, uh, you know, help you tracking your pregnancy, your fertility and your pregnancy. Um, kind of interesting. So, um, so those are the th- the themes or the, the, the areas that I thought seemed interesting. Pat, what, did you see anything that you thought was interesting?
1: Yeah. One follow up on that medical stuff. I saw an article that was talking about, you know, when you see all of these things that are medically oriented at CES, et cetera, just remember that a lot of them will never make it because they'll never get FDA approval or right. you know, whatever approval. But it's at least showing the possibilities of things that are being explored. Yes. But but th- there will be fewer of those products actually make it to market than there would be, say, hubs or TVs or. Right. So one of the things. Go I'm ahead. sorry.
0: Evidently, the U-scan is coming to market. Like that, that is yes. one that is coming. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say I didn't explore it, but there was an awful lot of of uh, press and coverage on automobiles and the changes that they see coming out. A lot of things of cars changing colors and and doing uh, uh, heads up displays in interesting ways. But I figured you guys were going to cover it. And so I didn't. <laughs>
2: I was going to mention the car.
1: The BMW. Oh, okay, well, I'll let you do that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that that, that was basically it. BMW is coming out with this, or they have this concept car that, like, oh, it's got 260 e panels that, which I I would I think I'd find annoying to be honest. But it covers <laughs> the outside of the car, and it can change up to 32 different colors. Or you know what I would do? What I would do is. I would change the color based on the liturgical color of, of like Advent. I <laughs> yeah, would be purple. Great.
0: I have inside my SUV, <laughs> inside my
2: SUV. I have um, different, you can change the, 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 the color that shows up at night that like shines on your feet and whatnot. Oh yeah. And that one, I do change to purple during Advent <laughs> oh, and cool. green. And so nice. maybe that's what I would do. But I, otherwise I think this would, I think it's too distracting. It's, I mean, it's kind of cool looking, but it's.
0: Yeah. There was a, a movie I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a heist movie where the, the, the bank robber had this high tech car or a bank robber, whatever kind of crook that changed color. So as they drove away, they changed the color so that they were now a different mm. color car and fooled the police. Um, there was a funny uh, cut, like a video from BMW with Arnold Schwarzenegger about this concept car. So we, it was a weird video, frankly, but uh it it has like an AI in it, like a, like an echo sort of AI. And uh I don't know, the one that was in, it was almost like the kit from Knight Rider. Uh, it was, <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be that interactive, but it was pretty wild. uh The stuff they were doing with it, but yeah, the concept cars, they really kind of show where they're looking, where they're thinking. A lot of this tech, as you said, Pat, is never going to show up on a in a production line and that sort of stuff. But it often indicates what they're looking at, what they're thinking about down the line. So, right, uh, yeah.
1: Well, the things that I was looking at were a lot smaller in scope than what we've been talking about. The but I thought they were interesting from a possibly practical point of view. Mm-hmm. There was the one that was a um, a uh, bike that let you while you were pedaling, it would uh, let you charge up like mm. la- a laptop or something like that. So you're getting health benefits as well as generating power for your laptop. It's like a that stationary was- bike. Yeah, it was okay. so you could use it with VR. For instance, I have a lot of friends that do Hollow Fit oh. with their VR, and so they get to to travel through Paris or Venice or whatever on their Hollow bike, and they're seeing the stuff all around them, and they're it's good exercise, and they can do it in groups. Cool. So that's that's that I thought would be cool. Uh, the uh, the what I thought it was funny was one of the taglines in was. This gizmo is either an ingenious feat of multitasking or the unironic fruition of a Black Mirror episode. (laughs) There was a Black Mirror episode where they had to ride bikes to produce
0: energy. I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the the second one was kind of car-oriented, and that was the Ring Car Camera, a Ring uh, Car Cam. And it does like you do, you know, with your Ring doorbell, et cetera. It can record... But it also records when your car is in motion, but also when it's parked and it can detect break-ins and accidents and trigger recordings to start and sending real-time notifications to your phone if if like somebody backed into your car while you weren't there.
0: So one of the things that dash cams are notoriously bad cameras, like the cameras right. themselves are really Low quality. In fact, I, I think Junkie. it was Linus Tech, the uh, the the YouTube uh, YouTuber, did a, a a video on dash cams and a whole bunch of them, and they were all really bad. And most of them were actually the same camera from the same company, mm-hmm. uh, just in different packages. Um, so I would I would be really curious to see how good the the camera is. But one of the things I really liked that it said that it could do is you could just tell it echo or the A-L-E-X-A word,
1: record, and it will start recording. Which, right. Which you don't is, have to do buttons or anything like that. It's, right. it's voice driven. Yeah, I have a dash good.
0: cam and I, I can never remember how to start the recording. And especially when I'm like in a situation, where I'm like, I don't want to take my hands off the wheel because usually if I wanted to record something, something's going on, you know? Right. Um, so I, if I could just yell out, ah, record, and then we'll start recording, that would be uh, that would be great. Uh the one thing problem I have with a lot of the ring stuff is how slow it is. So when I tell you know uh, you know Echo show me the front door, show me the d- driveway, there's this long delay while delay. it spools up. So I wonder if that's any faster with the uh, with Echo on the car. But I'm curious about this one. I hope I would love to see that Apple, um, Apple, uh, Amazon. Do, a, do something good with that. You would good. like to
1: see a Vine uh, alternative so that you can <laughs> test it out? If they want to put that on
0: Amazon Vine for us Vine voice users, I would happily <laughs> take one of those for testing. Yes.
1: Then we we uh, were talking a little earlier before the show about uh, glasses. And the one that caught my eye was uh, AR glasses that, you know, you could, it could give you a lot of information, you know, pop-up displays and direction and playing music, but it had a real time translator. And the person who was reviewing him looking at this said that he had a conversation in Japanese with somebody and he doesn't speak Japanese and it was translating, you know, the conversation for him. And he was real excited by that.
0: So, uh, the other person was speaking Japanese and it was yes. showing it on in real time on the glasses Yes, and he was speaking right. back in English and it translated right. to him. That's wow. That's almost universal translator level. <laughs> almost. I mean, <laughs> that,
1: that, that sounded really a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, that's and, from and Google, yeah.
2: Google can already pretty much do that with your phone, but this is the,
1: you <laughs> know, up, I mean, you've
2: got a, an eyeglass piece that you can, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool.
1: Wow. It also mentioned that the frames on these glasses, you could play music so you could hear it, but the rest of the world wouldn't hear it. It was it was geared that way. So. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, that's from TCL, who's until now, as far as I know, has been a TV maker. So it looks like they're kind of branching out into this. Um, there's, there's a, they have an AR headset and a VR headset. Um, and but only one of those is actually of a, a real product. The other one's a concept, I guess, but I, right. it's really, again, this shows where we're going, you know, and in, in a few years, this sort of thing is going to be uh standard you know, out there.
1: So it's going to be wild. And then this, the other one that I thought was really good would be for, for the cooks and the family, uh, that there's a very smart mixer uh-huh. and it's, GE has a smart mixer in it weighs and measures and things and built in scale and it's voice driven so that you can, uh, you can ask it to do things and it. it I didn't understand all the things it would let it do, but it <laughs> sounded like a fun thing for, you know, again, if you could get one on demo. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's the interesting thing is um, I, the scale bit really looks interesting because then you don't have to like weigh things and then add it. You can just add it right in. Uh, the voice control, mixers tend to be loud. So I'd be curious how well it can hear you when it's running. Uh, the other thing is more of a, just as a mixer, How good is the mechanicals? Is it strong gearing in it? Is it going to be a... I don't know that I need a smart mixer, to be honest, but... It's kind of interesting.
1: Um, it was interesting. That was yeah. what I was thinking. It's it's like it's not going to be something that'll make me a great cook. But I thought it was an interesting thing to do in the kitchen. I mean, to right. add into the kitchen type of tech. And
0: thinking about other things that you can make smarter in the kitchen, you know, the you know slow cookers and like where can Instant Pot mm-hmm. go? You know, that sort of thing where maybe it can sense the temperature of the stuff inside it or, you know be because well like like with an instant pod for example you have to you know it's great but you got to set the times and temps and it's not smart at all in that sense it doesn't know what's going on inside it it's just following your instructions and i'd like to see more of these kitchen uh, uh, appliances become more smart about what they're doing to be assisting like this so that's kind of i like that kind of cool
1: I didn't see this in the c e s stuff or maybe I didn't. I forgot, but there was something about an oven that would had a camera in it and would give you feedback about uh where things were in the stage as well as of course it had temperature sensing yep. and timing and mm-hmm. all that The
0: June oven and, uh, does that yeah. is that what
1: it is yeah. okay
0: yeah uh Leo Laporte was talking about that recently on Macbreak weekly and like, you can see the state of, you know, your roast chicken that's <laughs> it's in it. Like, is it brown enough? Like, you don't have to get up and go to the other room. You can look <laughs> at it on your phone, which is, you know, kind of wild. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Anything else? You had one more thing? Oh, oh, yeah, I had one other. I just didn't want to hog the microphone. But <laughs> there was a telescope that looked really interesting. Yes. A smart, again, a smart telescope. And what I thought was interesting is that it would... uh Compensate for light pollution, so that people in urban areas could really view things very well without having the wash of the lights. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it would make it incredible detail and striking colors. It said, and basically, it uh, there there was a lot in there that would make make being sky watching much more exciting.
0: Well, I tell you, I love the idea of a telescope. I've had telescopes. They're incredibly hard to use and to, to learn to use to point in the right direction to to see well, what you want to see. they
1: would automatically, you right. know, Yeah, point to the right directions and increase the contrast and right. You know, so you can see the rings of Saturn really well and 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 yeah. That the one thing that I saw said something about it doesn't actually have an eyepiece. You right. use your smartphone as your viewer. Yes. Which, but but the the detail was exceptional.
0: I mean, that's probably not a bad thing. Yeah.
2: So so it's it's funny that you mentioned the telescope because just today I got, but it's of course it's in Wyoming and I'm not in Wyoming. It got shipped home. (laughs) I've been waiting for years for this, but I jumped on the Kickstarter for it. It's a um, so not a CES thing, but it is a total tech telescope. It's it's from uh, Veonis Veonis, um called the Vespera. And it's a it's a telescope that will uh, v a o n i s dot com. Um, it will connect to your to my cell phone, and it will it will it's like it'll scan the night sky. You can take pictures, and it'll save it to your to your to your wow. um, smartphone. So I jumped on the Kickstarter like three years ago and I've only been waiting and it got delivered to my parents' house today. <laughs> so I, I can't I can't quite use it as a pick of the week because I haven't tried it yet. But um, sure you can. I, <laughs> you just
1: did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so but it's the same same sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exciting.
2: Because as a kid, I loved love that kind of stuff. But you'd never know like, OK, I'm going to look at that. Point in the sky, but i don 't actually know if it's that's the star that I was aiming for or what that star is. this thing you know has maps of the night sky and so it'll know right exactly what you're looking at and and uh so i can't wait to can't wait yeah. to use it
0: it comes with a, a light pollution filter and a solar filter and yeah I mean it seems like a lot of the same stuff and it's a uh, looks like about the same price mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, this is awesome! Wow, I, uh, I look forward and to in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah.
2: There is no, there is relatively low light pollution, so right. yeah. on the ranch. I'm I'm so excited! I'll get to try it out uh, when I go home. Yeah. over the yeah. summer.
0: That's awesome. So, um, I think those are all the things we had from this year's CES. Uh, you know, it again, it's it's fun to look and see what kind of technology they're developing, where the trends are, where they're going. And you're right, Pat, it, it wasn't innovation, but more just evolution of the things mm-hmm. that we've had. You know, um, CES is just getting back to in-person stuff, you know, after 2020, uh, you know, the, the pandemic, they didn't have one in 2021. And I think last year, I don't know if they have one last year either. So it's- no, I think it was all virtual. Yeah, so they're getting, you know, th- there's- just getting things back together again. But it's it's fascinating to see where things are going and what tech might be coming into our everyday lives. You know, we're like unlikely to have a lot of this, you know, the, the concept stuff, but that's really mm-hmm. just an indicator of where things might be going. So uh, very interesting. All right. So, uh, and by the way, if you saw something from CES as listeners that you would like to share with us, let us know about and let all the listeners know about that you think is interesting, you can let us know by sending some feedback to technology at sqpn.com. So we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Eric R., David W., Frank R., Meg S., and Adam G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. This StarQuest show is brought to you by Tim Shevlin's Personal Fitness Training for Catholics, providing spiritual and physical wellness through personalized nutrition, workout and prayer programs, and daily accountability check-ins. Learn more by visiting fitcatholics.com. So uh, we have a couple of headlines that I wanted to talk about that are about some issues in society that technology is contributing to Maybe sometimes not the best way, um, and things that have come up before. Surveillance tech is a big thing, and that's what these first two headlines really are. And the first headline is from vice.com. and it says, um, "Meet the spy tech companies helping landlords evict people." And what what they are are these companies, especially like in New York, where they have rent control, that are really about helping landlords get the goods on tenants that they want to evict you know, finding them violating anything and then evicting them so that they can raise the rents and, you know, get get, uh, better paying uh, renters and that sort of thing. And the the other side of the coin is people say, well, what they're really going after are people who are violating the law, lawbreakers, people who are violating their leases, making life unpleasant in the building with other tenants. and they talk about some of the tech is as simple as just cameras in the halls, but others are things that kind of record from outside, but but sort of gather data about what's going on inside apartments. What do y'all think of all of this, what's going on? Is it just unjust? Is it a surveillance state thing?
2: Um, I think as long as they're open and upfront about it, like, you know, just so you know, if you're going to rent here, we have, you know, these cameras and, you know, according to your rent agreement, you know, the whatever quiet hours are from 10 to 10 to six. And so we're, we have technology that, you know, isn't going to be in your, your, your apartment, but in the hallways that are checking for that. I think as long as they're upfront about it, right. You know, if you don't, if you don't like it, you don't have to, to, to rent at that place. (laughs) I, I mean, yeah. I I since it's in a public space, I don't really see it so much as a invasion of privacy because you're you're not you don't own the apartment as opposed to owning your own home.
1: Right, but you do have an expectation of some privacy within a space that you're renting. I mean, yes, True. the landlord can come in and change out the filters, but you don't want them wandering in at all hours of the day and night, and yeah. or putting cameras in there inside the apartment.
2: Right. Oh, right. absolutely. Right. Definitely. Right. But.
1: But, you know, like things like if somebody says, well, there's a policy, you can only have four people in that apartment at any one time. And somebody comes in and, and their their family comes in for a week or so. And now they've said, oh, we can tell by these sensors that are, you know, doing infrared that you, how many people are in there and now you're out. That would, to me, be unfair. Yeah. Because it's, it's not, it's not, it's punitive at that point. It's not health and safety regulations necessarily. So
0: some of the way that it's marketed by these companies feels pretty darn icky. The uh, hey, we've evicted over 600 rent stabilized tenants in the last yeah. 2 years, you know? Like mm, that that motive. That feels yeah, like like you have a bad motive here. Now, this is I don't want to get into the politics too much, but it's kind of a little bit of the consequence of rent rent control in general. When you create rent control and artificially put a ceiling on how high rents can go, you're going to have landlords who are looking for ways to raise that rent, and, yeah. and you know, doing stuff like this. So some of it's a consequence of that. But really, yeah, in general, I'm I'm okay with landlords trying to keep a safe, pleasant place mm-hmm. to live, like you, father, like you said, father. But there's there's a line that that can mm-hmm. get crossed, and that might not be a a clear line, a bright line, but there is definitely a line to where it gets into creepy big brother uh unfair sort of things and that's that's the thing i worry about so our our next headline is also a little bit about surveillance um this woman was fired from her job because she was stealing time quote unquote from her employer she was unbeknownst to her this is something we talked about uh recently unbeknownst to her they installed time tracking software on her work computer. She was working from home and she was not spending her time, according to the, the, this time tracking software doing her job. And she tried to claim, well, Oh, I didn't know this was there. I was printing out documents and doing them by hand instead of on the computer. And they said, yeah, we can track printing and you didn't print any documents. And so It felt like a clear case of someone in this case, someone who really wasn't doing their job and getting caught. They were abusing the system. But gosh, it really still feels like I wouldn't want my employer to have remote tracking software on my computer.
1: And that is a trend we have seeing in the last year and a half, because people working from home, mm-hmm. employers are beginning to do this type of thing. And well, and even in in some of the things where they they record where people are driving for if they're driving for a job and say, well, you you stopped here at a McDonald's and therefore you ha- you didn't clock out for that time. And right. And you spent too long in the bathroom. And, you know, some of these things get to be pretty punitive and pretty as you say, icky and pretty, pretty, um, not fair.
2: Right. I would want to see, I mean, I, I, I can, I can kind of see it from both sides here, but I would rather the employer just be upfront about it. Like if you're going to take your, uh, work computer, you know, just know that, I mean, and you should be kind of assuming that anyway, anything you do on a work computer (laughs) is liable to get, right. Right. But you know, um, and if you do a lot of work, you know, offline, that's fine. You know, but but like
1: talk to your boss about the results, it. Yeah, results, right. results should be showing that you're doing the work, not just right. a, a mechanical timekeeping thing.
2: Right, right. Because some people, I mean, some people just work better. You know, where and the, the computer can't track the best way that everybody works. But as long as you're you're doing your job, right, the computer might say you are or say you aren't. If you but if you can,
0: if you got results, yeah, if yeah. you can
2: adequately do it,
0: yeah. As a as a boss in the past. I've always wanted, and as an employee, to be treated as an adult. This is the mm-hmm. work you need to get done. If you get it done, I don't care how long it takes you or what else you're doing. But if you're doing what I, if you, if you're producing what needs to be produced, you know, and doing that, and the stuff is getting done, I don't care. I don't care how, how it gets, the sausage gets made. Just get it done. But I know that not everybody can be treated that way because I've had that bite me yeah, as well.
2: It. There, there seems right. to be two two sort of approaches here one is is uh you know i I trust you and you do your work and you then get rewarded for it you get your your promotion and you get you know a raise and and you know that's that's um the i guess you'd say the carrot leading the horse in that sense, yeah you know versus here's a computer it's watching what you're doing, do your job right. and so that's sort of the the stick like if you if you do the job and we're watching you, it's sort of a, a more fear-based rather than right, uh, optimistic, uh, I trust you sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I trust you or I don't trust you, really, is what it yeah. is. If in Setting up an adversarial I-don't-trust-you relationship with an employee without cause, I mean, sometimes you'll have an employee who, you know, you're giving them another chance, you know, you're trying to help them improve, and you use some of these tools to help them be accountable. And to grow that would be one thing, but again, there would be transparency in that, but just installing i mean obviously, in this case, it sounds like there was a reason to install it on this woman's computer
2: yeah well and it and it's and it also just speaks to the larger issue, and I think we we just did kind of mention it is just communication yeah i mean if you're if you're adequately communicating to your employer, you know hey i'm doing doing the work that needs to be done, and you know I'm doing it in this way. Great. You know, that that's perfectly fine. And and then you almost don't need a computer watching your every move. But right. But if you just like if you don't communicate, sometimes you, you almost need that extra set of eyes on someone.
0: Right. Right.
2: Which is unfortunate.
0: Right. Well, it becomes a substitute for good communication. And uh, right. You know, and that that's that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. A good manager knows how to communicate expectations to his employees and to draw that out of them, the, the results that, that they want. And not everybody's a good manager, so that's.
1: And reasonable monitoring, you mm-hmm. know, something that you're, you're looking at certain measures to make sure that things are getting done. Yeah, there, there have to be some quantifiable measurements in a sure. job but yeah it it uh it it's the same thing that we came back to with helping your kids grow up you know you, there's the the uh i I'm going to restrict everything you do and and monitor it and and let you know everything you've done wrong versus again communication and fostering responsibility and fostering growth i right. mean it's the same at home as it is in a workplace sometimes <laughs> people are people
0: that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to but respect I think is the big one. And that's, I think that's a very, like the, the Catholic Church's attitude toward labor and work has always been about respect. or Employee for employer, but employer for employee as well. That we, we are recognized outside of this workplace or inside the workplace too. We are brothers and sisters and we need to help each other and not, it should not be adversarial. And I think that's the principle that should be behind whatever way you use this. So our next headline, uh, if if folks remember, back at the end of December, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or it might have been last week, but Southwest Airlines' troubles with their their computer uh, scheduling system, well, th- that was just Southwest. Uh, last week, it was everybody <laughs> was shut down. The entire U.S. Uh, you know commercial aviation system was shut down for a, a period of time last Wednesday, I think it might have been, and. Uh, the FAAs, they have a system, it's called the NOTAM system, Notice to Airmen. It's a its a system that provides critical data about anything you need to know. Like, it's sort of like when you do um, uh, Apple Maps or Google Maps, it gives you the route, but it also tells you about traffic, hazards, anything you need to know. its a, It's a similar system where it provides critical information about the, you know, the flight from here to there. And so that system went down, and apparently it was because they had a corrupted file in their database, and the backup was corrupted as well, which mm. the, the the big lesson here is the one we always tell you about is backup, 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 but always test your backups, mm-hmm. because a corrupted backup is just as bad as no backup at all, <laughs> and always have two backups, <laughs> three at least. <laughs> was it the three, two, one rule? Multiple versions.
1: Right. Well, Grandfather, Father, Son was another one, too, uh, of having multiple copies that you could fall back to. Right. Mm -hmm. And
0: they didn't have it. And the system is way out of date. And uh, of course, and because it's a federal system and they they haven't spent the money to fix it, because, you know, what's what's more critical than, you know, keeping millions of air travel safe. (laughs) So. But any any thoughts besides my
2: thoughts on this? No, it's just sad. <laughs> I think they're going to spend the money and update things now.
0: Yes, yes. So what they should have told us the uh, the guy at the FAA. Okay, okay, type into the terminal. Drop table. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a SQL database, don't drop the tables. That's that's basically deleting them. Um, but yeah, it's probably a SQL database too. If you think about it, it's a, they said it's a it's a database system, and it's probably just some old SQL database. Just kind of boggles my mind. So then, last bit of news is breaking news today. This we don't often do breaking news, but uh, this was uh, Apple's been busy this week. They've released a whole bunch of new products or updates to products. They've had a new HomePod, the full size HomePod, which they discontinued in 2021, which is interesting. Uh, Updated Mac Mini, Mac Book Pros, all that sort of stuff, but also some rumors. And I don't—I generally try to avoid rumors too much on the show. Uh, but we've talked a lot about Apple's forthcoming re, uh, virtual reality glasses, augmented reality, and so there's a report out from Reuters or Bloomberg News, um, which was reported by Reuters, that said that Apple is indefinitely postponing the launch of. Lightweight augmented reality glasses but is still planning to unveil mixed realities a mixed reality headset this year so these are two different products we've talked talked about what Apple's plans are before so they the Holy Grail is um, augmented reality glasses that are not much bigger than regular eyeglasses right that's what they really want but what we're likely to get in the interim because it's that's a really hard challenge to crack uh is a mixed reality ar vr headset that uh, later this year kind of compete competing with meta you know quest the meta oculus quest um what do y'all think of this news is it super disappointing were you hoping for
1: something I'm I wasn't planning on getting them, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's sad that, that something isn't coming to fruition, but maybe they'll take what they learned there and, and put it into the other product, you know, or make that better.
2: Yeah, I I was I'm not sure if I could ever afford the AR glasses, but I love yeah. the idea of them because it it's it's more than just. VR, which you're you're sort of confined, like you're not going to put on a VR headset and go outside and walk right. downtown. I mean, you're 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 the point is, is you're entering the virtual environment. And so you stay in your your cleared out living room so you don't bump into furniture. <laughs> right. But but the AR glass is just really kind of I. I almost think um oh, this I mean, this is this is kind of the, the fantasy version of my head. If you've ever seen Free Guy. It's a a fairly recent, recent movie. You know, Ryan Reynolds puts on the the sunglasses and like can see like all the different uh, spots where there's missions in the city and stuff. You know, that's kind of like what I envision an AR (laughs) glasses to do. Probably not as big, but, you know, give you information about various places as you're walking by them or or whatever. And that that whole idea just really kind of appealed to me because I kind of like the AR uh just world you know right. doing some AR games on my phone and and that sort of thing so i'm i'm disappointed but yeah
1: i could see it being a real supplement to your pokemon yeah <laughs> actually see. that that's one of the yeah, biggest games exactly that it would i was work.
2: thinking <laughs> like, yeah um but yeah. but i imagine i mean i can't imagine actually i mean how difficult that would be to put something like that, I even CES had those AR glasses, which they're just giving kind of basic information because you're just being doing clunky. it on a yeah yeah you're doing it on a little tiny lens. I mean, how do you, how do you do more? Right, you, you can hardly. So I I understand that it's difficult, but I was hoping Apple would pull out some magic and <laughs> really wow us.
0: Apparently, the ones that they are coming out with are going to be around three thousand dollars. So. And I'll stick with the meta quest <laughs> yeah. for a lot cheaper. And it's already yeah. got
2: the, the star Wars and doctor who games that I, that I really like.
0: Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, well, it, but it'll be interesting to see because whatever Apple comes with, uh, with is undoubtedly going to be wow. And you know, that sort of thing. And they're not going to come out with anything that isn't the full fulfillment mm-hmm. of the idea. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that it's, it's, they've been talking about it for so long Uh, so uh, I'll be curious to see if that ever, if ever comes to fruition, that should be fun. So those were our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. Pat, why don't you share
1: your pick this week? Well, I actually had a practical reason for this one. Uh, I had some uh, a chandelier that had s- some lights in it, and uh, when I p- do my VR, you have to have light in the room in order for you to the controllers to pick up and know where they are in space, and so that the headset can tell what's ahead of you, behind you, or around you, etc. Well, I didn't realize a couple of the lights had gone dim, and or as in missing are dead and so all of a sudden I would be playing golf and my putter would just, just wander off across the room <laughs> and i try to bring it back and putt and it would just go off the other way or it would jerk and I couldn't figure out what was happening for the longest time because I could look around and see in the room so what I realized is my lights were, were you know two of them were out so I went and replaced the lights and it was better but I still had problems and I, I golf with a lot of people that uh, also talk about if you got Christmas lights up, or if you've got uh, uh, sunlight streaming in through a room, you it can mess your tracking up really badly when mm. you're playing. So I found some infrared uh, little lights that uh, you plug them in. You can play in the dark. And the room can be totally dark. And so this also gives you another opportunity to say, I want to play when people are sleeping in the room with me, or I want to watch a movie, or I want to do something like that. I don't want to disturb them. Mm. You can see as if it were daylight with this one little tiny lamp that just, you know, you set it on the the, the, uh, the sideboard or the, the dresser and it just, you know, and inside the headsets you can see everything. Cool. So, it's not expensive and it 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 took care of my my floating putter problem. You know the But I know when I was with my yeah. brother, there were times that I would want to do something but I didn't want to leave the light on in the room. It was kind of distracting for the rest of the people. Hey, she's still up. You know. Right, right. And so this would let you turn off all the lights and, and play as if it were daylight. And you can also take it outside and play outside where normally you're not supposed to be having sunlight or anything get near anywhere near the lens you could put this in an outdoor area and play outside at night oh
0: wow at night
1: at night yeah yes
0: see uh and the, the other thing is like playing in the dark helps because sometimes there's light leakage under the lens oh yes yes and the that nose, helps the that, nose hole yeah, yeah so that would help too with that that's pretty cool that's a, a bright idea uh, no pun intended. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I'll take I'll take credit for that. I'll, I didn't intend it, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> good, very good. And it's not very expensive. It's like seventeen dollars, right? Uh, on right. Amazon. All right, Father. What's your pick this week?
2: So my pick this week is unfortunately restricted to Apple users and unfortunately, even more restricted to um, iOS 16 and iPhone 14 Pro or Pro Max users. Uh, so, so yeah, so if you're one of those groups, uh, my, my pick is the, the dynamic island. If you haven't had a chance to to check that out, it's Apple's response to the notch that's in the top of the, the newer model iPhones, which doesn't have any functionality except for it kind of it's it's where the the camera is on the top of the phone but the the dynamic island kind of cuts the notch into they call it a pill which sort of makes sense it's it's sure. a black black looking kind of oval that covers the the camera but it expands and it shrinks depending on certain apps that are showing you live activities, which I found to be way more useful than I was expecting. So, for, for example, things like um, if you're going to get an Uber or a Lyft, it'll it'll show you updates in that uh, dynamic island so you can be using other apps and you don't need to be in the Lyft app or the Uber app, and it's got it'll have updates come across the the dynamic mm-hmm. island. Um, it'll show you your current music playing if you have music playing. It'll show you current driving directions if you're using Apple Maps, and it'll kind of mm. actually split both of those to to two different little sections of the dynamic island. So it's it's kind of kind of fancy that way. Uh, the other one recently that I that I found it was really helpful with was when I was flying back to DC, I found an app called Flighty. Oh, yeah, Uh, which um, it gave me one free flight to use with the live tracker before it asked me to pay. And so I didn't pay for it, but I I used it for one one of the flights that I had going back to D.C. And that would send a live update to the Dynamic Island, which was which was really cool. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then, of course, what's coming is is live football scores and live sports scores, which I haven't been able to try any of those yet. But uh the dynamic island i think is a, is a really fun new addition to the uh to the ios system and the the newer phones
0: yeah i i run into it all the time like when i'm driving somewhere and i've got uh a podcast i've got you know um map instructions yep. and i switch to the podcast app and the map instructions is like they kind of cover the top third of the screen and it's just kind of in the way. And uh, it would be nice to have something like that. So uh, I'm on the uh, every other year update cycle. So maybe when I get my iPhone 15 later this year, I'll, I'll be able to <laughs> to join you on Dynamic Island. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> and I'm on an the Island Island party. <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the even year update. Okay. Uh, plan, so.
0: Yep. Don't uh, so, uh, so get voted off to Damic Island, because you'll be in the <laughs> static <laughs> desert. I don't know. So. <laughs> so,
2: and
1: I'm still way fi- far behind either of you on my phone, so oh, I've yeah. got, maybe this year I'll, I'll break for uh, for uh, an update.
0: <laughs> there you go. So my pick this week is the Elgato Stream Deck uh, XL. So I've previously picked the uh, the Stream Deck, the No. X, no L, no nothing, uh, which has 15 buttons. uh, But the Stream Deck XL has 32 buttons. And what the Stream Deck is, it's a programmable keypad where each key is a little monitor, a little screen that changes. It can have a different icon or even uh, dynamic information that updates uh, as you use it. And so you could also set a profile so that when you're in different apps, a different set of buttons will show up. So like when I'm podcasting and I'm in in, uh, the uh, Audio Hijack Pro, which is my recording software, I have all kinds of buttons for, you know, stop, start, make a note, you know, that sort of thing. Um, What I've done is I still have my original 15-button stream deck next to my XL. The 15-button stays static. It has my default setup that can then cause things to happen on the larger one and all the different buttons. Um, one of the things I've done with my stream deck is I've programmed it to have three buttons all the time that show me what the temperature is in my office using a temperature, a huge temperature sensor. And I programmed it, and I'm kind of proud of myself for figuring out how to do this, to show me the outdoor temperature as well. And, and also what was the third temperature? The, Oh, in the pantry, which is the room next to the office. Uh, so I get the three temperatures all the time. And so sometimes I'll, you know, like what is kind of warm in here? Oh, I'll turn the fan on cause it's, it's, you know, 72 degrees in here or something like that. Uh, so it's really kind of, um, it, I mean, it does so much. It's, it's hard to just do, to, to, uh, I, maybe I should do a whole episode where I talk about <laughs> the stream deck because I can do so much with it. It's become such an, a key to getting my work done every day at, I can start a podcasting session at the press of a button. I hit a button that says, start it launches my recording software, turns off the lights in the office, turns on my studio recording lights, uh, including my new accent light up here under my Saturn five, mm. which uh, Pat and Father intricacy can see in the, in the uh, video. <laughs> uh, if you want to see that, you'll have to watch secrets of Star Trek, Doctor Who, or Jimmy Akin's mysterious world. Just so you know, cause we do those in video. And then, you know, Sets a personal focus mode, a podcasting focus mode on my computers, turns off the speakers so you don't hear my computers making noise and all that sort of stuff. I mean, just does all this stuff just at the push of a button. Um, I also have another button where it's called Start My Day, where I press it and launches a bunch of apps, does a bunch of other stuff to, you know, get me going in the day. So I love the Stream Deck. I love the Stream Deck XL. It's this huge, you know, 32 buttons um, and, uh, you know, If you ask nicely, maybe I'll do a, you know, a special blog post on my website, uh, my blog uh, about it too. So, Um, so that's my pick. So that, that will uh, do it for this time, I guess. Uh, We we would love to get your feedback on anything we talked about today. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media or send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord, where you, uh, if you're listening now, you've missed Father Andrew's Ask Me Anything session that he did last week. Thank you, Father, for doing that. Uh, Absolutely. It was a lot of fun to see the questions folks asked, and we're going to be doing that every few months as a different person every time. We're going to try to get a lot of the different StarQuest folks uh, join us for that. So you can find that at sqpn slash Discord. You'll find links from our discussion and picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash T-E-C-196 That's Tech 196. And remember to like each episode of Secrets of Tech on our Facebook page, retweet us on Twitter, leave us comments wherever you find us, and we'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Good to be here. Father Andrew Kinsteader, thank you as well. Absolutely. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest.